0: Take the blessing. I'll take it. All right. Before everybody sits down, don't sit down. Don't sit down. (laughs) Don't sit down. Corey, how you doing? Pretty good. How you doing? Good. Good. Everybody, bless everybody. Everybody got a blessing. Yeah. I wanted to. um, In worship, I was. I was. Watching you, Antoinette. I was watching you cry out to God, and God wanted to tell you something. He wants you to come stand right here. And God told me, He told me, it was like Him talking to you. I was listening to Him talk to you, and He said, The closer you draw to me, the less things can grip you from this world. They can't grip you. You just, <laughs> He said, You draw to me, and so. I saw the world just things that have gripped you, things that, that have put their hands on you, and have touched you. And so I want ladies to come around her and put their hands on her and pray. And I just saw these ladies praying and just pulling the things of this world that have gripped you off of you. And so let's just, come on, men, let's surround the women as they lay hands on her. God's doing the work. He's, he's drawing you closer to him right now. He's saying, come on, daughter. Come on, daughter. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you, God. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for this daughter, God. She has cried out to you, Father. And right now we partner with your kingdom purpose and your angelic activity that these ladies are stepping in their authority as daughters and they're removing the grip of the earth, of this world. we strip the grip. We strip the hands of the enemy off of her life, God. The the grip on her mind and her thoughts, Lord, on her physical body, on her family, Lord, on her finances, on on her emotions, God, on her soul, Father, on her spirit, Lord. Lord, I saw your daughter crying out to you, God, and you said, it's time you draw closer to me and that grip can no longer reach you. We just declare that, and we declare that over Antoinette's life, God, that she is a blessed daughter of God, that she will step into an impartation of sonship and what that means, God, right now. You're depositing that that spirit of sonship and cleaving right now upon her life, upon her shoulders, upon her mind and her heart, God. We just declare that in your beautiful name, Jesus, amen, amen. Amen. Baptize her in the Holy Spirit, Father. Hallelujah. Baptize in fire, God. Hallelujah. Spirit, just cover her, God, saturate her, anoint her right now, Father, baptize her in your Holy Spirit, your fire, God, we thank you for Antoinette, we thank you for our sister as we surround her this morning, God, we thank you that we can be a part and witness what you're doing in your daughter's life, God, we thank you, Jesus, we thank you for the opportunity to, to activate family this morning, Lord, and we just stand by as witnesses and in agreement, to what you're doing this morning, Father. We thank you, Jesus. woman right there is going to do some mighty things for the Lord. There's some boldness. There's some boldness, man. Huh, chopos, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, isn't it cool that we don't have to have an agenda. We could just do whatever the Father wants to do this morning. Right? We what What's man's agenda when we? Man, what? So, remember last week we were talking about Romans twelve nine. It it dawned on me as I was thinking about it. I just want to read it and talk about kind of what the the lord was showing me but it's marks of true christianity and this is paul talking he's speaking to christians and he's talking about what how can you discern whether you're operating in true christianity or false christianity and the first thing he says is let love be genuine abhor what is evil hold fast to what is good cleave to what is good which makes way for you to be able to love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in your zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink, for by doing so you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Marks of true Christianity. And I was thinking about it and I was praying about it, and the Lord was showing me that this isn't, this is marks of of Christianity. These are like symptoms of being a true Christian. This is not the foundation. You can't look at Romans 12 9 and say, if I do this, then I'm founded as a Christian. If we love genuinely, these things will be byproducts of our true Christianity. God wants us to live in such a way. There's such... What kind of kingdom and what kind of king do we serve that we can live in such a manner that these are just byproducts of the genuine love that we carry? Amen? Because you look at this and you think, how can I possibly do all that? You can make a list out of it. You can check the things off the list. And how how could you possibly check off 100% of the things all the time? Maybe you're good at two out of the out of the list. Or maybe you have... You know, these are good at this time and, and not so good over here. But if you cling to what is good, Antoinette, the Lord is saying, Cleave to me. He wants, he, he is calling you to Him, and nothing else will matter. And the promises of the kingdom, the byproducts of genuine love, will be overflowing out of your life. People will say, Who is this? Isn't that crazy? Those are just distinctions. Those are just marks. Those are just you, it's not like you're being aware or conscious of what you're doing that you okay, I'm going to I'm going to bless those who persecute me and I'm going to check that off the list. If you just cling to what is good and you genuinely love, these things will just start to happen. Amen. God makes it. It's so challenging like Susan said, family isn't easy, but God makes it simple. I want to read something. This is the month of the tribe of Asher. Characteristics of this month. This month, righteousness becomes your foundation. This is a month to develop the plan of sustaining the generations. Remember that. Sustaining the generations. How will your olive tree blossom? Look for those who are bringing pitchers of water to you. This month, shout, my blessings are on the way. This month, what you are tasting and meditating on produces the life or nourishment for your future. When it says you're, you're developing a plan of sustaining the generations, when, when Megan came up here and she kind of testified about the process that she's been through and the fear of cleaving and cleaving to your blood family is just safer quote-unquote, safer than cleaving to your kingdom family. And so she asked for forgiveness for that, and she released her children to the, to the family of God. And she said, I've lied to myself and believe that it was safer for me to release them into their destiny by myself. And in this month, the, the, each month represents a tribe of the nation of Israel because there's a def- there's a divine order to the timing of things. This month it talks about sustaining the generations. So when you talk about the battle and this is how we fight and all this stuff, there's a fight over generations. Remember, our fight is generational. And we have to contend for things. We have to develop things. We have to look to the field to sustain what God is trying to do. Because how many know when when Paul says... Uh, seek to maintain the the unity. It's it, unity is ours. Amen. Eternal life is yours, but you have to you have to watch what's happening. You have to steward and maintain what God's doing in your life. Deuteronomy thirty two nine says that the Lord's portion is His people, and His allotment is the the nation of Jacob. So literally. When you're grafted into the wild olive branch, literally the inheritance of the kingdom of God is literally growing into your life. We're his portion. That means you're his lot. You're his his ground. You're his allotment. You're his harvest. And he plants seeds. When you're grafted in, he puts seeds in the ground. And when you lean into that wild olive branch and that root, his inheritance is growing up into your life. I don't know about you, but I think about the inheritance of the kingdom. And sometimes it's this thing that's way over here. Sometimes it's this thing that's off in the distance. Well, if I do this, if I can mark myself as a true Christian and I can mark these things off the list, then I can receive that inheritance, right? But when you're grafted into the wild olive branch, he says his people is his portion, And the promises are his allotment. And those seeds that he plants in your life, the inheritance begins to grow up into your life. Think about that. Come on. There are things that God has planted in your life. There are promises. When you are grafted in into the royal lineage of Christ, there were seeds that were planted in your life. And if you're looking over here for the inheritance and you're not tending to your lot, you will miss them. Was, he was showing me this morning in worship that, that he says my family is a family of harvest and we need to understand the process and we need to understand some terminology because it's about harvest, it's about agros, agriculture, that's the type of family that we are. And we need to understand that because if we don't understand if I, if I don't understand that I'm his portion that I'm a, I'm, I'm a, a plot of soil that he tends to when I examine myself and I look into my own life, if I don't understand that he has sown things into my life, then I may not recognize the promises when they start to spring up. <laughs> I'm trying to think where I want to go here. Let's go to uh, Matthew 13. is important because this is something we need to understand there's the the way that you fight in the kingdom is not the way that we would naturally fight amen the way that you try to resist the devil is not it's not an earthly natural thing it's not we don't fight it's counterintuitive if you've been in fights you probably know this unless you've lost them all. But let me tell you, if you haven't been in a fight, if somebody attacks you, don't, don't turn away from it. Don't, don't run away from it. You attack back. That's how you win a fight. If somebody assaults you, you assault them before they can complete what they, the thoughts that they were even trying to do. Right? Because people who lose fights think about what the other person's going to do to them, not what they're going to do to the other person. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. If somebody attacks me, I'm thinking about what I'm going to do to them, not what they're about to do to me. And so there's this counterintuitive nature of the kingdom of God and how we fight. And we need to understand that because we talked about decisiveness before in submitting to the family of God and what that looks like. And in your decisiveness is how you protect the discernment in the time of harvest, because God's not concerned about the weeds that the enemy sows in your life. God is not concerned about those weeds. He's concerned about your discernment to distinguish between the weeds and the things that he's planted. Amen. It's funny because I was, I was, I was just studying the concept of harvest. And you know, we, I'm a, we'll get into the parable and, the, and, and it talks about the wheat and the tares. And the tares are the, the, the seeds that the enemy sows while the people were asleep. Amen. So the workers of your harvest, the things that are, that are working the harvest, when you're asleep, the enemy comes in and he sows his seeds in your, in your portion, right? You're God's portion while the enemy comes in and while you're asleep, he sows seeds into your lot. And so I was looking up tares. You know, I like to look up words and what words mean. And tares actually mean bastard wheat. Is that funny? So there's things in your lot that were were not born of the Father. They were not made manifest because of the Father. They're fatherless seeds that are sown into your life. But Jesus isn't worried about that. He's not worried about that because when the disciples asked him, well, what should we do about this? Should we go collect them all? He said, don't worry about it. So we're going to read that. We'll start in verse 18, Matthew 13, verse 18. And, And think about in terms of family, we've made a decision. We've, we've recognized that we have to be decisive in our, in our decision to submit to God. In what just happened with Antoinette, all she has to do is just say, I choose, I choose to cling to you. That's it. And in that decisiveness, it protects your discernment in the time of harvest. Because if you're indecisive, then your discernment is—it opens up a whole new realm. When, you, when harvest time comes, it's hard to discern things because you haven't made a decision to cling to him first. Verse 18, hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. Isn't that interesting? When tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty in another thirty. The parable of the weeds, verse 24. He put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore again, then the weeds appeared also. <laughs> so listen, this is just going to happen. Right? You have to sleep. This is just going to happen. It says this is the year of, the, of, of God being in the field. And when you're working the field, you need to sleep. And the enemy's going to take that opportunity to sow weeds into your crops. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? They were coming to him thinking, I thought you sowed good seed. They were coming to the master of the house thinking that he mixed some bad seeds in there. How then does it have weeds? He said to them, an enemy has done this. So the servants said to him, then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, no, lest in gathering the weeds, you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned. But gather the wheat into my barn. So this is important for us to realize because we've made a decision, right? Even if you think I didn't make a decision yet, you still made a decision. Because indecision is being you're making a decision. Right? When Christ says follow me, if you if you try well, let me think about it for a few days. You made a decision because he's gone. He's he's doing what he sees his father doing and he's moving. And when he says follow me, you have to make a decision. Right? So we've made the decision. And in our decisiveness, you're Discernment is sharpened in time of harvest. I'm telling you, it's harvest time for the family of God. It's harvest time for the family of God because God has planted things in your life. The inheritance has been growing up into your life. And even if you didn't recognize it, it might be a big tree to you now. You might look and say, what did God do in my life? Where's my inheritance? And you point to a big oak tree that you may be sitting under. You may be shaded by the very promises of God and you don't even realize it because you didn't know that the Lord was planting seeds in your life that have been growing up into your life. And so when the servants came and they thought they thought the master of the house, that would be like how many times have we thought to ourselves, God, I thought you said this. You promised this. You promised all good. You promised me this, but you sowed weeds into the picture. How many times have we said that we've gone to the master who's where his portion, where his lot, we belong to him. But while we're asleep, the enemy comes in because he wants us to steward our lot as well. He wants us to steward the ground and the soil. And that's why it talks about the different types of soil and how people respond and react to the soil and how it will bear fruit or not. Because God wants us to steward our hearts as well, And so how, how often do we have times where as the family of God, we've made a decision. Now comes the discernment in the time of harvest. We've made a decision that we, we're going to cling to the family of God, no longer just be satisfied with kissing him. And so we cleave to the Lord and he begins sowing into our ground because now we're his portion now. So he begins sowing and then we love to hear about the promises of God, but as soon as a little ugly weed pops up, we're accusing the master, I thought you sowed good seed. Not realizing when he has to say, no, you were sleeping and the enemy came in and sowed his own fatherless seeds into your field. But this is what, this is what he tells them, they say, should we, go, should we go collect them all? Now this is where our discernment comes into play because the inheritance, we have to understand, it's growing up into your life. And so when you have your inheritance and you start to, the Lord's watering it and you start to see that inheritance spring up out of the ground, it became seen. It was unseen. And when it becomes, when it becomes seen, you're also gonna start to see weeds appear from when you were sleeping. 1 Corinthians 15, 20 says, Jesus Christ was risen from the dead as the first fruits for those who were asleep. Think about it that way. Christ was planted into your crop, into your field. No matter what weeds pop up, he's the first fruit of those who were asleep. And so this is where we have to be aware because as the family of God, God wants us to recognize that we can't, If we are in a place, and this is where the indecision to cleave comes into play, because if you were indecisive, your discernment is not going to be as good in the time of harvest. And when those weeds start to pop up, you'll be really confused because God promised you something, but the weeds are appearing also, and you will tend to focus and try to deal with the weeds. And the reason why is because the, the, the Lord says, don't deal with the weeds because you will disrupt and uproot what you can't may not even see yet. Or you focus on the weeds and you pull the weed and the root system pulls up the, the promises of God as well. Because he called you to tend to the promises, not the, the fatherless things in your life. The father planted things in your life that are supposed to bear fruit and the enemy planted things that are fatherless, that, that are illegitimate in your crop. And if you try to focus on those and you, and, you, and you look at those things, then you're tending to your lot, but you're tending to the weeds and not what God said to tend to. So, listen, when Megan was testifying, and there's this this cleaving, and there's this revelation about cleaving, that's the inheritance of the royal lineage of Christ growing up into her life. But weeds are also appearing at the same time. And we all do it, but as an example, in her example, we all do it, but she started to look at the weeds. And started to tend to the weeds. And if you tend to that and you grasp a hold of that, you may uproot the promises that God has planted. Amen. Let's go to the let's let's go on. The mustard seed in the leaven. Verse 31. He put another parable before them saying. and we need to understand is the family of God and the reason why he could, he could look at the servants and tell them, let, let them grow up together and when the time of harvest comes, then we'll deal with it because the kingdom things that he's planted will, will outgrow the fatherless things that have been planted in your life. And this is where cleaving is so critical because you have to cleave. You have to cleave because only in cleaving will you have discernment in the time of harvest. When things are in seed form and they spring up out of the ground and you have a promise and you have a, a, a bastard wheat and you can't differentiate and you're drawn to the bastard wheat to pull it out. That's where your discernment has to come into play. You can let it grow. Let the weed grow. Let the weed grow because in due time, In due time, the things that were planted that were kingdom things of the Father will severely outgrow the tares. So decisiveness is not enough. We have to exercise discernment and it's harvest time. It's harvest time. There's things that you can look at and they look like wheat, but they're fatherless. They look like wheat, but they're fatherless. So when you have this battle because you've chosen to cleave, you've cloven, you've chosen to cloven, when you do that, discernment becomes the next critical thing because harvest time is going to come. So you cleave, you're grafted into the wild olive branch, you become his portion. Your allotment is the nation of Israel, the promises Allotted to Israel, are sowed into your field. When you chose to cleave, now the discernment comes into play because you have to discern between the wheat and the tares. There's a refining process that's going on. And that discernment comes into play because we're in a time of harvest. I'm telling you, when you choose to cleave, God plants things, and harvest time is coming. Harvest time is coming. But while you sleep, the enemy comes in and sows tears into your field. And so when the tears come up, because I guarantee you, when you draw close to the Lord, when you draw close to the Lord, the enemy is going to come that much harder and try to produce things into your life. When you draw near to the Lord, the the, the things that had a grip on you are not going to, they're going to try to grip you. And so this is how, when we talk about, this is how we fight. The Lord is, is looking over his garden, over his portion. He's looking over your life. And he says, okay, I saw you sleeping and I saw the enemy come in and sow his seeds, his fatherless seeds. But he's saying, don't worry about it. Let it grow. That's fine. But here's where you, f- you don't focus on the tares You focus on what the Lord is producing in your life. You focus on the seeds that are bearing fruit, that are fathered by the kingdom of heaven, that are going to outgrow the tares. But in the the meantime, while the growth is similar and we can't differentiate between the two, we have to exercise discernment and not just go gather the tares. Because in our focusing on the tares, After we've made a decision to cleave, if we focus on the tears, we will uproot the promises. This is something that we have to understand because it's very real. We can look at, you can't read a book by its cover can't look at William and go oh man he's looking fresh and his shirt's creased and he's looking clean and he's running sound and he's prophesying and all this stuff you can't just look at him and say oh he's good maybe he is good but you can't just look at him and assume he's good because <laughs> he does look good right But listen, as the family of God, we have to understand this because we made a decision to cleave. If I was a shepherd who just said, cleave to the Lord and then just never said anything else. That would be on me because I'm not following it up with, there's going to be wheat and tares. There's going to be things that have a father and things that don't in your life. And we have to exercise discernment because we chose to, to exercise decision. Now we have to exercise discernment. If you exercised indecision, then you're, dis- you're going to have to exercise a whole lot more discernment and you're not going to know which way is up. You're not going to know what's kingdom, what's not. Do I cleave to this family or that family? Is my family bad and the kingdom family's good? It's like the whole, you don't know which way is up. When in all reality, you just have to keep focus on the father and what he's doing and what he's producing in your life because the inheritance is there. When you're grafted into the family of God, you are given the inheritance of the kingdom of God. It's not something you have to achieve, right? It's not to the cross, it's from the cross. You walk from the cross after being grafted into the family of God, carrying the anointing and the inheritance that God's given you. My walk is from the cross because God said something greater is coming, you'll do greater works than I did. Because we're walking from the cross and so you're carrying the inheritance and to know that the seed is growing up in your life if we don't know that and we're paying too much attention to the tares because that's what the enemy's trying to do, right? He wants to mix the, the, the real wheat with the tares because it looks the same. He wants to mix it together and have you gather your crop and just disrupt all the promises of God. But that's why it says in the the divine order of the tribe of Asher in this month that we have to sustain the generations. Because ultimately what will happen is the mustard seed that's very small that could be disrupted very easily in the soil. If we pull a a tear out, you could disrupt such a small seed. But if you let it mature to its fullness, it'll be an oak tree, a, a mustard tree that's as big as an oak tree that you could sit under its shade. We have to fight to sustain the generations. What we do now will impact generations because there could be uh, something as massive and strong as an oak tree providing shade to our children or not. Are you guys okay? Do we... That's what the enemy wants. He wants, to, he wants to bring you on the battlefield of right now. Because if we, if we cleave and we cling to him, the enemy's going to come after us that much harder. But we have to know we're secure in the Lord because we became one. We became one with him. If you cleave to him, you're, the enemy's going to try to lie to you like crazy. That's all he can do. That's all he can do. He's just going to lie to us. Oh, your family it's easier. It's safer. Your kids are safer. We're fighting a generational battle and we're being told that our kids are safer if we just go ahead and gather the tares. So think of it this way. If the Lord tells you to do something, I'm telling you what, man. I read books about like people that are of just historically tremendous wealth, like more wealth than, right? Like they're, I mean, the people that that run the world because they're so wealthy. And one distinction about these people is that they're decisive. They're not indecisive. If an opportunity comes up, they say yes or no. Yes, I'm going to do that. No, I'm not going to do that. They don't go, well, let me think about it for a week. I'll get back to you. The kingdom is the same way. Decision is... It, decisiveness is so important. If God tells you to do something or if he sows a seed in your life and he calls you to steward it, you have to be so decisive about clinging to him in the beginning. Right? Remember the word became flesh, the alpha and the omega. On the cross, Jesus wasn't like, oh, you know, I'm uh, forgive them for they know not what they do and, and you know, all this stuff. He didn't just realize that on the cross that was in him when he was a baby when you make decisions in the kingdom of God you commit at the beginning no matter what no matter the tears that show up no matter what you just have to see it through so far as to start to see the promises of God and the things he's doing in your life begin to outgrow and outpace and overshadow the tears What good is pulling little weeds out going to do at the base of an oak tree? So the enemy wants to come in in this season because this is harvest season as the family of God. If you chose to cleave, now's the time to exercise discernment because it's harvest time. Because the, the enemy's trying to sow tares and, and you know, they might be the same height kingdom fruit, your inheritance might and it looks like It looks the same. (laughs) It looks the same. So how, think about a practical situation. I'm not very good at thinking about practical analogies, but think about God tells you to do something, right? How often have we dealt with this scenario? God tells you to do something, and as soon as you say, all right, God, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then God is, he, he, There's your lot, your portion. He begins sowing things in because you chose to cleave. You said, where you go, I'm going to go. Lord, wherever you go, that's where I'm going. Your father is my father. Your family is my family. So you step in and you say, all right, yes, send me. Then the enemy starts sowing tears as soon as you fall asleep. And you went from gung-ho to, oh my God, look what's popping up out of the ground. Look what I didn't see before, but I'm seeing it now. When, what did I do wrong? You didn't do anything wrong. You chose to cleave to the Lord. You're his portion. And so in Megan's case, she chose wholeheartedly, I believe, to cleave to the Lord. But then there's two different types of wheat growing out of the ground. And it's confusing. And out of fear and insecurity, she said, I'm not going to cleave to the family of God. It's safer to cleave to this one. So I'm going to grab this, and it may have the chance of uprooting what the, the promises and the inheritance that were sown in your life. So we have to examine where where we're at. And, and it's interesting because, you know, when I look around the... the our encounter services on any given Sunday. There's new people. There's people from all over the place. What, what was, forgive me, brother. What was your name? Ray. Ray, man. You were here, what, two weeks ago? I love you, man. How's your wife doing? She's awesome. She's back in Florida? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, God's just connecting the remnant. We got the remnant from the north sitting right over there from Canada. Jack and Sharon. Man, they're doing. They're doing. They just clove to the Lord. They just, just like Ruth. Is that even right? Clove, clove. I don't know. But it's like we don't think about it. It's laid. It's laid out. Like I said, God makes it simple. It's a month to sustain generations. So if if we're generationally minded, then we're thinking about how our children are going to live under the shade of that oak tree. And we have to be secure enough in the Lord that we chose to cleave. We were grafted into the family of God. The promises are there. Yes, the tares are there. But Jesus was sown as a first fruit for those who are asleep. So there's grace for that. And we don't have to go gathering up the weeds and pulling out weeds. Because soon enough, that promise of god will be so established and so solidified in your life that pulling out a weed won't be a problem come on that inheritance matures enough to a, to enough of a point in your life that you can go that's a lie and you can uproot that no problem And I and, I'm, and I and this is a word of encouragement because I believe that this is harvest time. This isn't the time where the Lord is saying everything's just now popping up out of the ground. There are things that are mature, things that you can uproot lies around. But this is this is how we fight our battles. This is this is the type of battle that we're fighting right now. It's generational because we have to. What the Lord is is the inheritance in us that's growing up in us is for the benefit of our children and their children. What the Lord has sown into Jack and and Sharon, what the Lord is maturing, the inheritance that he's given them, is we have no idea the legacy that's being birthed in them. In anybody's life, we have no idea the legacy, but the enemy wants to get us to start to go, Oh, Lord, I thought you only sowed good seeds. And then we're just doubting the master. We're just doubting the Lord, the caregiver of our lot. Like he scattered weeds and good seeds into the ground. So we have to know, we have to have such a mindset and and not even engage on the wrong battlefield from the beginning because we have to know that the master only wants to sow good seeds into your life that's it if you thought if you thought you know what I thought this was the Lord did this and I was confused how could you do this he only sows kingdom things that have a father into your life that's it he doesn't sow bastard seeds in your life (laughs) he doesn't he doesn't do that so I don't know if we need to Yeah, fake (laughs) wheat. So listen, I I don't know where people are at with that. But a lot of times what our heart is to do and what God called us to do is equip the saints for the work of the ministry for the purpose of the full stature of Christ in the region. And in order for Christ to be at his full stature in the region, the saints have to be equipped for the work of the ministry and you have to exercise your discernment because you made a decision to cleave. It's not just cleave to the Lord, family of God, let's have a party. That's not what it's about. We're after reformation of a culture and the fullness of Christ standing up in this region. So you have to check your heart on what kind of ground your, your, your seeds are being deposited into. And when things start to be made seen, right? Seen, seen and unseen doesn't always mean it's kingdom. There could be something unseen that the devil sowed into your life and it pops up just with the promise. The promise pops up and the, and the fatherless seed pops up. But the 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 thing that's fathered is going to grow to maturity. If it ain't, if it doesn't have a father, it's not going to grow very much. So I don't know. Can you can you guys? <laughs> Unless did you did you have anything? Let's just you know. Well. Let this settle let this settle let this settle into your spirit and let the holy spirit speak to you about the promises of God in distinguishing between the wheat and the tares Amen
1: This is what God was uh, showing me is Apostle Justin was releasing that the things that I that I see within my own life and things that I see in others' life is He showed me that when you if you if you understand the process of a weed, so He talked about the tree and the and the weed and the process of a weed is if we put the focus on the weed. A weed operates in a cycle; it's going to grow and die in every season. Okay, if you're putting the focus on the weed, you're going to go in a cycle and you're never going to feel like you come out of that place because it's going to be the same thing over and over. See, the weed will grow with the tree, but the tree don't die. The tree never goes back to what it was. The tree constantly grows into something that can never be uprooted. And so if you're focusing on the tree, you will mature and you will never have to go back and deal with what God finally takes away from you. But see, the weed does. See, in the summer, the weed's gonna grow, but then it's gonna die. It's gonna disappear, but then it's gonna come back. But it never gets bigger than the tree. It never, its root never grows deeper than the tree. And so in this activation time, if if we have been putting our focus on the weed and it seems like the same thing keeps rising more and more every year, it feels like I'm dealing with this again and again and again, it's time to shift that focus into that mustard seed or to that tree like Apostle Justin released because you'll never go back to be a little tree.